Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is weekly at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. Check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and our cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. This week's podcast is for the sermon preached on December 10th and 11th, 2016, series titled The Journey, Sermon Series Part 3, based on the resource by Reverend Adam Hamilton of Church of the Resurrection, Leewood, Kansas. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. Let's hear these words from the Gospel writer. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted, God has blessed you above all women and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all those listening to your word and good news through our podcast this week. Please bless them, encourage them, and help them experience your presence and call on their lives. Send your spirit upon them and help them to hear your voice as they go about their week. Amen. Now, I've read all the Harry Potter books at least twice. I've actually listened to the audio version several times and seen all the films multiple times. I could tell you most of the plot points, but it's been a while since I've actually read the books. So when Jennifer and I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I missed a crucial connection to the original series. Thankfully, the internet was there to fill me in after the movie. Now, the Christmas story has been told many times in many different ways. You've probably heard it more than a few times yourself. Unfortunately, we think we know the story so well that we probably haven't actually sat down and read it for some time. This becomes even more of an issue because we have two distinct stories in the Bible, one in Matthew and one in Luke. And the Christmas story doesn't even appear in Mark or John's gospel accounts. This Advent, we are intentionally taking time to journey back to the days of Jesus and see sights we may have missed in the past. Four questions will guide our journey. Think of these questions as the four destinations of our journey every week. Number one, what were the actual events leading up to and during the first Christmas? Number two, what does this story teach us about the character of God? Number three, what does this story tell us about the child whose birthday we are celebrating? And number four, what does this story mean for our lives today? Our story began with Mary hearing that she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit in her hometown of Nazareth. Last week, we traveled to Bethlehem to experience Joseph's dream. Today, we travel to Enkarim, a small town close to Bethlehem in Jerusalem, about 80 miles from Mary's hometown of Nazareth. It is mentioned in the Old Testament, but for Christians, it is known as the birthplace of John the Baptist. Mary had re just received some life-changing news. She would become pregnant and bear the Son of God. Who could she tell? Where could she go? Her parents might not believe her. Her fiancé might leave her or worse yet, see that she's put to death. But the angel Gabriel had mentioned that her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant. 
Mary packed up her things, told her parents she was off to help Elizabeth, and traveled 80 miles, which in those days was a nine-day journey to end Kareem to see Elizabeth. I think that says a lot about the character of Mary. This young girl was willing to leave the comforts of home, travel nine days to end Kareem. This would certainly not be the last time Mary had to make such a journey, and they would only become more perilous as time went by. Now let's talk a bit about Elizabeth. Elizabeth is not a new character in our story. We learned about Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah earlier in Luke. Zechariah was a priest, and both he and his wife are described as righteous before God. They were unable to have children, and when the story begins, they are said to be very old, which means they could have easily been in their 40s. The same angel that came to Mary Gabriel came to Zechariah and told him that Elizabeth would become pregnant and that their child would be named John and that he would be the one who prepared the way for the coming Messiah. Elizabeth became pregnant, but for six months kept it to herself. Some versions of the Bible refer to Mary and Elizabeth as cousins, although that term was not used in those times uh, as it is today. It was used to denote many different types of relatives. So Mary and Elizabeth were not strangers. Mary traveled nine days on foot to spend three months with Elizabeth. It's not hard to imagine their relationship. Elizabeth had no children of her own. And those of us without children often have special relationships with our nieces, nephews, cousins, and friends' children. Early in our marriage, before we started our family, Jennifer and I spent a lot of time with each of our nieces and nephews and with Jennifer's second cousins in Georgia. We still do, uh, just not one-on-one. -on -one. As those relatives are now adults and having children of their own, our relationships with them have become even more special. Mary came to Elizabeth because she knew if anyone could help her, it was her Aunt Liz. Little did they know that Elizabeth, too, would find help in their visit. Let's read then again the Gospel of Luke's interaction between these two women, Mary and Elizabeth. Listen for both their responses to the meeting. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the, ch the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary enters Elizabeth's home and greets her. In that moment, something amazing happens. Elizabeth's unborn child leaps within her, and she is filled with the Holy Spirit. Even before he is born, John is preparing the way for Jesus. Mary's fears are relieved, and she is reassured by Elizabeth that what the angel told her is true. Elizabeth greets Mary in familiar words from the second part of the rosary. You are blessed among women and your child is blessed as well. The first part, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you, comes from the angel Gabriel's greeting earlier in Luke. The second part, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus, comes from Elizabeth. Just for reference, the third part, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen, is likely added by a Dominican friar in the 15th century, made official as the prayer life, 
made an official part of the prayer life of the Roman Catholic Church at the Council of Trent in the mid-16th century. Although other traditions have adapted these sayings into prayers in other ways. Okay, now let's get back to Mary and Elizabeth. In Elizabeth's greeting, she assures Mary that she is blessed three different times. Obviously, Elizabeth wanted Mary to know how blessed she was. But blessings in the Bible are very different from blessings we throw around. When we think of blessings, we think of comfort, peace of mind, serenity. How blessed am I? We think of the things we have. We think we are blessed because we have a family and a home and a job and plenty of food. We bless people when they sneeze, perfect strangers. Mary's blessedness did not come from material things. It came from being part of God's plan. Mary would not live a life of ease. She would be the constant subject of rumors and ridicule. She would have to flee from place to place to keep Jesus safe. She would eventually lose her husband and, of course, witness the execution of her son. Jesus would later describe the blessed. He would say the blessed are poor, the hungry, the grieving, the persecuted. True blessedness is being able to experience God and be part of God's plan when things aren't going well, when you're struggling, when you're weak, and when everything seems to be spiraling out of control. The good news Elizabeth tells Mary is that God is with her, blessing her through hard times. So who is the Elizabeth in your life? We all need mentors, people we trust, and people we look up to. God created us to be in relationship, and some of those relationships should be with trusted elders, people who have been there, people who have had our back no matter what. I have had many mentors throughout my ministry. In my first 10 years, I had five older and experienced clergy to help guide me. I've had a coach to help me with ministry. I have a spiritual director to help me grow closer to Christ. I have couples in my life to look to, to, look to for guidance when it comes to my marriage. When I was 12, I was confirmed in my home church in Ottawa. My confirmation mentor and I are still very close. He has always been there to encourage and help me. Unlike my wife, I don't have a lot of family. When I was born, my only sibling, my brother Peter, was 11 years older. I've always looked up to him and I've always looked to him uh, and he's always looked out for me. There was a reason he was the best man at my wedding because there wasn't anyone else I trusted more. I've been blessed because when things have been tough and when life has been confusing, those mentors have been there like Elizabeth to remind me of God's blessings. That brings us to another important issue, mentoring others. You may be lucky enough to have an Elizabeth in your life. I hope you do regardless of how old you are. If not, that's why we are the church. Your Elizabeth might be here. But we also have to be Elizabeth for other people. I grew up in a home with loving parents, and I grew up in a church family that still supports me and encourages me. I've had great teachers, great mentors, and a lot of people who loved me as a young person. Unfortunately, there are a lot of young people who aren't living that life. We have to retake, take responsibility and mentor others. I'm not just talking about youth, although we need to mentor them especially. But if you're 60, maybe there's a 40-year-old who needs your needs you as a mentor. If you're 80, maybe there's a 65-year-old who needs your encouragement. It's not only about age. Those older in their faith need to mentor those younger in faith, regardless of age. I serve as vice chair of the Board of Ordained Ministry because I am devoted to guiding and supporting the next generation of leaders in ministry and in our church. The next generations of leaders for these churches 
and this church are out there. We need to find them, mentor and disciple them, and in so doing, they may actually teach us a few things. The relationship Mary and Elizabeth had was not one way. Both Mary and Elizabeth benefited from their relationship. Mary experienced joy because of Elizabeth's encouragement. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit because of Mary's presence. Both of them would be changed because of the children they were about to have. John would grow up to mentor many disciples. Jesus would grow up to mentor hundreds, and those mentees would mentor thousands. And today we have all gained from those relationships. So let's look back to our four guiding questions. Number one, what actually happened? Mary leaves her home to visit her close relative, Elizabeth. After a nine-day journey to Enquiry, Mary would be greeted by Elizabeth, who would reassure her and mentor her for the next three months. What does this story teach us about God? God created us to live in relationships. We were not designed to be alone. Beyond family, God has established a special relationship between young and old, experienced and inexperienced. In its purest form, the relationship between a mentor and mentee mirrors the relationship between us and God. God has been there before, is constantly encouraging us and lifting us up, but beyond that tries to put people in our life to do the same thing. What does this story tell us about Jesus? Elizabeth reassured Mary that although it may seem like she has an impossible situation, she is in fact blessed and is part of God's plan. The child she would raise would be taught what real blessings are and would one day bless each and every one of us by taking part in God's plan to save humanity. What does this story mean for our lives today? First, I want you to realize blessings are about experiencing God in good times and bad, not the things we have or the station in life we have. Second, I want you to thank your mentor, seek one out if you don't have one, and seek out someone you can mentor. That is the cycle of our church, finding, forming, and forwarding. Find a mentee, help form them in Christ, and forward them out so that they can find another. Amen. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. Learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our e-newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you liked what you heard, like our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, share it with your friends. Also consider supporting our Paper Angel Closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to the homeless and at-risk youth in our community, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families and families in need in our community. Donate online or drop off items at New Life UMC 8301 Mitchell Road, McChesney Park, Illinois 6 Worship is Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are beloved children of God in heaven. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet wherever you go. And realize that with the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's body, the church, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen. <music>